Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. Thank you so much for joining with me today. This is Dale, and we continue in our examination of the book of Ephesians. We're in the fifth chapter. And so let me back up and go to the beginning. We've actually covered the first what, uh, four verses, I think, maybe more than that. But again, to set the context where we can see what the flow is, he says this in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Verse 3. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks. And then the very next word in verse 5 where we're about to continue is this. For this you know. Okay, so this four ties into this. So remember what he's saying. He said, y'all be imitators of God as beloved children in the same way that children imitate their parents, imitate God, and walk in love, and imitate God by walking in love in the same way that Christ loved you and that he gave himself up for you. So therefore, give yourself up for one another. Offer sacrifices for one another. Don't place your desires above everything. And then he warns them, don't let immorality or impurity or greed or filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, none of that stuff. Don't don't be involved with that, but rather the giving of thanks. So anytime that you're tempted, particularly within these sins right here he's talking about, rather than opening your mouth to actually commit it, give thanks instead. So now, verse 5, for this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, folks, that is a very forthright in-your-face verse. Because look what he's saying. He says, you know this with certainty, that no immoral person, no impure person, no covetous person, no one who's an idolater, none of those has an inheritance within the kingdom of God. Well, what if you are a true believer, you consider yourself to be a true believer, but you have a covetous moment. And to be coveting something is wanting something, yes, desiring something, it's like a form of greed or something like that. But in my mind, it goes even beyond that. That, yes, you would like to have that, but you're really distracted and really hacked off with the fact that somebody else has what you want. You're coveting what they have, okay? You're coveting that thing that they have. You want the thing, yeah, but you're really, really upset that they have it. And so let's say that you you uh, succumb to a moment of that. Does that mean that you have abdicated your faith and you've abdicated your salvation? Well, no, such is not possible. In the same way with impurity or immorality or idolatry. The idea here is what we see over in First John also is that someone whose pattern and practice of behavior is like this, that your pattern of life is that you're immoral and that you do not repent. 
Your pattern of life is that you're impure. Your pattern of life and what is manifested constantly is that of covetousness. Yes, you may profess to be a believer. You may be religious. You may do all this stuff. But remember this, even the demons believe, and they got enough sense to shudder. Such people like this, they say they believe, but they don't even shudder before God. They continue with their idolatry. They continue with their immorality, their covetousness, their impurity. And he says such a person as this, they do not have an inheritance in the kingdom of God because they're just giving lip service to belief. They really have not experienced, much less living out true belief and true faith. Verse 6, he continues, Let no one deceive you with empty words. Well, what's the context? It just flows, see? I think that gives us understanding of what's happening in the fifth verse. Their, their words may sound great. Their words may sound wonderful, but they're empty. So let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Because of the immorality, because of the impurity, the covetousness, the idolatry, because of what we've seen previously, okay, these things that let none of these things be named among you, right? Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And quite often, the people who are committing these things are the ones that are bringing forth empty words. <clears throat> and that's the reason that we so need within the body of Christ uh, the Spirit and His giftedness being manifested day in and day out. There's a spiritual giftedness of discerning of spirits, of discerning whether somebody's sincere, discerning whether what they're saying is true or just empty words. And folks, I see it all the time. I'll see someone speaking, and they're sitting there, and they're just waxing eloquent. And you can tell by their body language, boy, they think that they are just communicating. They think they're the hottest thing. <laughs> you know, they think they're speaking forth the truth. And it is all fraud. Okay? It's not real. It's not... The world even picks up on the, They'll say something like, well, they're not really sincere. Okay? But that's the idea that's being spoken of right here. And this is rampant within the professing body. What does he tell us right here? He says, let no one deceive you with empty words. Ah, that gives some, uh, uh, some more understanding right here. Folks, we have a role and a responsibility not to be deceived by those empty words. I think we have a role and a responsibility to help one another not be deceived by those empty words. Well, how can we do that? Well, you see throughout the Scripture, you see in Ephesians, you see in a bunch of other places. It's the Word of God, the 119th Psalm. I've actually been uh, writing in my blog on the 119th Psalm lately. You go to my website and find it right there on the front page. And all that is said about the Word and how the Word protects us, if we know the Word, we will not be deceived. And so for ourselves, we must know the Word and see to it that no one will deceive us. Let no one deceive you as the body of Christ with empty words. These are hard things, folks, But quite, because quite often the one who's deceiving is the one that has been placed in leadership in a lot of organizations. Okay, And, boy, they're just speaking forth those empty words and everything. And everybody, I mean, I've been in some gatherings lately where I'm just sitting and I'm looking at the bulk of the participants, and you can just see it in their face. You can just see in their face that they know that this person doesn't believe this. Their lifestyle doesn't align with what they're saying, you know, and it's just a waste of time. Uh, this actually is revealed in a lot of ways. Had somebody asked me a few days ago why, uh, you know, people who are in their 20s and 30s, 
uh, are not uh, going to church. That's a big buzzword where I where I live. You know, you got to go to church. I really don't care about the going to church part. I'm more concerned about your relationship with God. If you get your relationship with God correct, then the fellowshipping with the body will take care of itself, okay? But I told this person point blank what I've said hundreds of times, that the number one reason people don't go to church where we live is because they've been there, okay? They've experienced it. They walk in and go, so, I mean, what's the deal? There's no manifestation of the power of God, okay? There's nothing that you see within Scripture. It's just basically a social thing. And some guy's up there talking to you, and they call it a message, and they call it a sermon, and he's reading something that he's downloaded off the Internet, and it's supposed to be almighty and all-powerful. And then we wonder what is happening. These are words of deceptions, and we have a role and a responsibility to make sure that no one deceives us with this. Why? Because of these things, the wrath of God is going to come upon the sons of disobedience. The wrath of God hasn't been manifest yet. It will be. It will be because of these empty words. So we would do well to know the word. We would do well to let that word be applied in our life and transform us and conform us to his likeness. And we would do well to speak forth the word in love, but do it in the power of the spirit, knowing that the word will not come back without fruit. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. Again, go to my website. It's just my name, dalemore.tv. You'll see the podcast there. You'll see the blog there. You'll see a place if God moves upon your heart to help support this time. Thank you so much. I'll see you then.